0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Air It Out podcast. This is number six, if you're keeping track at home. I am Ryan the Goose Gosker. glad to be joined by my co-host, Jolan Joel on, we're back in person again. I-, I think people, I think they underestimate how much it means to be back in person, Because I'm not going to lie, despite having Verizon, telephone didn't do it for me.
1: Definitely didn't do it. Great to be back as per usual. And we're back, baby. Let's just get this thing rolling.
0: Absolutely. It's going to be a lot of fun. We have a jam-packed show for you guys. And, and we're going to get right to it. And, and Jolan, I, I'm very happy to report that Major League Baseball is back. We have, if, if you've listened to the podcast, you know we have bagged on Major League Baseball. Manfred. Manfred in particular. And baseball in general the last two, two and a half episodes. And I just, that's why I want to start out with them. Is because they're finally back, and again, it's not because somebody decided that it was just—it was just time. It—it it, it was, you know, it, it was plucking hairs out of people's heads. That's—that's that's what these negotiations were. At the,
1: at the final negotiations, it was literally a negotiation between ten games, sixty to seventy. Right. So you could see how tedious it did get. And
0: we couldn't even come to an agreement then. So, but we're gonna focus on the positives. Here we are with the season. It's gonna be a sixty-game schedule. Starting July 23rd, training camp 2.0 or spring training camp, uh, spring training 2.0, excuse me, will start on July 1st, which is coming up really quickly. So we have a 60-game schedule. It, there's going to be a universal DH, which I'm con- partially upset about because I like when pitchers hit home runs. And then we have a postseason that's going to feature 16 teams as opposed to the usual 10. So Joel, I want to get in and I want to get your thoughts. So let's get this thing rolling. The first thing that comes to my mind when I hear 60-game schedule and this long layoff is injuries. Do you expect the league to to, well, not only have injury concerns, particularly with the starting pitchers and maybe soft tissues, maybe hamstrings, all that kind of stuff? What is your expectation for injuries when it comes to Major League Baseball?
1: Well, you would hope that they're doing stuff right now to get their bodies ready for a season that they wanted and should have prepared for. So hopefully on their own, they're professional athletes, man. You could expect them to take care of their bodies. So if they're doing the things they should be, the guys that want to be elite, that want to be the top tier, they're going to be fine. And I even think with a 60-game schedule, um, guys that are worried about injuries don't have to worry as much. You're not going to 162. You're playing for a short amount of time. Your body can rest afterward after this little stretch of baseball you have. So I think guys that are taking care of their bodies should be in good standing. But guys that aren't, then maybe they you take use of this training camp because God knows game shape is way different than anything you could train for.
0: And I agree with the, the lesser games, but the little caveat to that is now every game feels like a playoff game. Every series yeah. feels like a playoff it's more series. More important, 100 It's more important. So I, I wonder if guys are going to try and push their body more. They're going to do things that maybe they wouldn't have if they had 162 games. It is going to be really fascinating to watch. And, I, and I, I really hope the numbers are low. I hope the cons- it's just concerns and doesn't become reality.
1: Let me ask you something. Now, guys that are relied to carry a team pitching-wise, how many quality starts are you expecting from them in a 60-game season if a lot of teams are making postseason? Do you want to use them early and often, or do you want to really rest them for that big playoff in 16 games?
0: Right, so this is actually where I think we can get the best one of the best versions of baseball because I think we're going to see pitchers you know, they they start going 200, 240 innings in a season. And I think that's when you start seeing them wear out in the postseason. Now... Tommy John,
1: it happens. Right,
0: right. And so now you have guys, just say they pitch every five days. At maximum, that's 12 starts. That is just say they go seven innings. That's only 84 innings in a season. So now you're getting the best version of those pitchers uh, come, come the postseason time. And sometimes pitchers... We've seen it before. I believe it was Clayton Kershaw last year. Started yeah. out extremely slow. Garrett Cole's 60-game stretch, I believe it was the beginning of last season, was over a 4 ERA. So now I think by the time you get to to that 75-80 inning mark, now guys are going to start hitting their stride right in time for postseason. And we might see the best of starting pitching.
1: So from the best in the West pitcher to the best in the East, the Grom, I would say, I know we've got a lot of Garrett Cole supporters that listen, but... It's DeGrom, plain and simple. Do you think his numbers can be astronomically better with a short season like this? You know, all right way down. I'm talking historic numbers. It's, and will it be credible?
0: Right, so that's the big part. There's a lot of articles, if you go on ESPN.com, about are we going to see a 400-hitter this year? And again, we, what that all means, be, I, I believe we've seen 400-hitters in a 60-game span before. Yeah, over uh, stretches, exactly. Right, so I think that'll be intriguing. Ken, listen, nobody thought DeGrom could win... Cy Young two years in a row. And sure enough, he did. And let's not forget the year he won his first Cy Young award, he was 10-9 and nine with a record, I believe it was 1.78 ERA for the entire season. That's a stretch. And he had no run support. So that's the big question with the Mets. They always seem to give pitchers 3, 4, and 5 the run support, and their top guys never seem to get it. Yeah. So that's going to be the big question mark. But can he have a dominant season? Can he get hot like he has in years? Can he get as hot as he has in years past and have his historical stretch? No doubt in my
1: mind. So when it comes to pitchers dominating their personal divisions, dominating the season length, when it comes to now the mitigating travel part of it, do you think guys are gonna have to change the way they come at certain hitters? Now you see Yankees Mets, you see um, Mets Red Sox, guys that could really slug and Aaron Judge. Couple guys, JBJ out in the socks. Like a really slug. You think DeGrom changes his style of attack or how he brings his game?
0: You know, he's going to do the scouting reports and everything like that. But I'm happy you mentioned that because I think the AL East, NL East playing against each other is arguably the toughest div- division oh, yeah. intersection in the entire league. Ever. Because the, the NL East is, is particularly really good for the five teams, finished above 500 in the division last year. Then you have the AL East with the Yankees, who should be the AL favorite. Uh, in my eyes, you have the Red Sox, who uh, I think they're going to be a little bit worse than people think. But Their championship still
1: a, window is definitely closing rather than opening. They're still,
0: a, they're still a good team. The only two teams you look at there and say they can't really beat many people, and unfortunately one of them is going to have to win at some point, is Miami and the Orioles. You know, I think those are the two teams everybody looks at as, a, well, okay. but In this
1: house, we support the Orioles. You right. better believe it, Kevin.
0: Right, 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 right. Kevin <laughs> McGee, shout out Kevin McGee, Pomp the Lakes. Absolutely, you know, maybe he gets called up in this shortened season. Who knows? But you look at Toronto; they got Vlad Jr., who's an exciting young piece. Are they the? Are they going to set the world on fire this year? No, but they have excitement. They can you do a talk. lot of things. This division is this division intersection is really really good.
1: You want to talk about a header that could put up historic numbers? Vlad Jr. Yeah, you know what? This I just, could be his year to really come out as the guy he should be. I just watched over, his over home sixty run. games. That's crazy. I just
0: watched his home run derby against Pete <laughs> Alonso from last year, which was which was just un, unbelievable.
1: What but, a shootout! What but, a shootout! So
0: it's going to be really fascinating. And one team I always love to look at, and it's my fan favorite, is the Mets.
1: You talk and, Pete. Here we go.
0: Uh, you know, sometimes, it, you know, as, as every Met fan introduces themselves, it's always, yeah, unfortunately I'm a Met fan. Yes. <laughs> and then you kind of get talking details. But my question to you, Joel, on, is this the type of season, a short season, we've seen the Mets get hot before. I go back to 2018. I used this, use this stat actually the other day. Two separate occasions in the same season. One, they won thirty-three games in fifty-eight games. The other, they won I twenty they stretch. won twenty-five games. They won twenty-five games in fifty-four games, including a month of June where they were five and twenty-one, Ew. which was the worst month in baseball history. Why? So coaster. the Mets are this really hot, streaky team. Can they get hot? Is this the type of season that could see the Mets do some
1: damage? Well, the good news about the Mets is every so often on this roller coaster of up and downs, when we hit a down spot, usually we hit up pretty high. You see 2015-16, that year, and we got swept in the World Series, but a penny came our way, you know what I'm saying? So a team that can now catch one of the best pitchers in baseball history, one of the best up-and-comers in Pete Alonso, Conforto's is now deep. You have a team lined up to make a 60-game stretch where they can win Forty-five. And right. it's not crazy, especially with the competition and the bottom half of this division.
0: Yeah, and this is this is this is the year. They have JD Davis, Pete Alonso, Michael Conforto, Brandon Nemo with his smile and his sprints is to Is healthy? That to me is the is the X factor with this lineup because if he is, and I've said this before, if we get fifty percent of the Ioannis Cespedis that was available to us in twenty fifteen when we acquired him. The Mets are going to be extremely
1: dangerous. I would be happy with 10 home runs and 25 RBIs. Abs-
0: absolutely. Absolutely. So the, the question is what we're going to get out of him and the bullpen and stuff like that. But I you know, I think it's really fascinating. The over-under for the Mets is set at 32.5 wins.
1: So they're expecting them to be about right above average.
0: Correct. I have them at the over. I have hammered the over. Yeah, 40-something. Um, I'm hoping 40-something. Uh, you know, I'm thinking they're around 35-ish, which I, I think in a 60-game season is a really good thing. Because, again... The Mets are going to have a slow stretch at some point. But Everyone they does. Ha- but they have to minimize it they have
1: to. But can you guarantee a slow stretch when the stretch is only 60 games?
0: Correct, but they always seem to have one there. And, so it, and it's find it's just a way. the question is is can it just be 5 games or are they going to turn it into a 15-20 game thing that could bury their season? Or is it going to be a hot streak where it's a 15-20 game win streak and here they are propel themselves into the playoffs? Because there are 16 teams in the playoffs, there are more teams
1: getting in. So, what I take away from this is that the Mets can be a World Series champion. Is that what you want to take oh, out 100%. of it? Listen, oh, 100. Listen, that's and, a bold and statement. For, I'm a Mets fan. That's a bold statement. Just for
0: anybody that's listening at home, number one, if the Mets win the World Series, there is no asterisk next to it. If they lose, is, <laughs> like, there, like everything
1: else in sports this year, if
0: they lose, there's 100 percent an asterisk next to it. But here's what I will say: when you are a Mets fan, this is the one thing you understand every year. They have a decent offseason. You get really excited. Spring training is awesome. Then you get into the beginning of the season, and you are super pumped because they always win on opening day, and they typically start the season really well.
1: Starting the season hot is the most important ever. It's been more important to start the season hot this year than any year before. Correct.
0: And then you get to the point in the season where the Mets start lighting you down, and you you crawl back into your hole, and you you cry for a few months. I'm
1: miserable for a couple months, and the Giants make me more miserable, besides the point.
0: (laughs) Correct. But can the Mets get hot? Can 60 games be what the Mets absolutely need in a season for them to just get hot? Can Pete Alonso do what he did last year? There's a lot of question marks. But, Jolan, you know me, and especially on this podcast, I'm, I'm trying to be an optimist. And with the Mets, listen, man, I haven't had sports. None of us have had sports since March, okay? I need something. I'm taking my favorite team outside of the Giants and the Devils. The Mets are the best chance I have at a success with any of my teams, I'm taking it and I'm running
1: well see as sports reporters now that you're playing the optimist side I'm gonna sit on the fence and say there's no chance that the Mets win the World Series but the
0: Dodgers the Dodgers are an interesting team they they're absolutely loaded first of all let's just get let's just make sure that is crystal
1: the crystal deepest clear. team we've ever seen in baseball history you could put me down for that book it somewhere and
0: by the way they've gone to the world series i believe each of the last two seasons prior to last year so 2017 to 2018 oh and by the way they just added this guy i don't know if you know him from boston his name's mookie betts i don't know if you ever heard of him before Top five
1: outfielder in baseball
0: right so the rich continue to get richer L.A. continues to put on a show. And- L.A.
1: loves stars. So let me just read L.A.'s lineup here for the people that don't know L.A. Dodger baseball. They have Mookie projected projected lineups, obviously nothing is certain. Mookie starting at the 1. Lux, second base, he's at the 2. Muncie at first base, he's at the 3. Bellinger's their cleanup at 4. Seager, 5. Yaak if healthy, he's at 6. Will Smith, their catcher's at 7. Justin Turner at 8. And then the D.H. if they play 1 or pitcher or whatever they choose to do, because I'm pretty sure it's up in the air. Or they have to do there, DH. There is going to be a DH. So they have to do a DH, but they still have a ton of bench players. And they got Clayton Kershaw and Walker Bueller. Like, to say all those players in a row is almost like, oh, that's a good fantasy baseball team. Like, you got players. It's almost not believable. It's it's just
0: silly. At, at a certain point, it is just really, really silly. And it's a team that again, we've seen this before. They've been so good back in 2015 they were supposed to make a run to the World Series and the Mets said no thanks go home. It you know it's just
1: Matt Harvey just, and that run was unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. And the the Dark Knight has night. not
0: been has not been seen ever since. But okay, so we talked a little bit about the NL. I wanted to talk to the AL, which I think if baseball was a sport where talent prevailed this would be a pretty easy, easy prediction. I think the Yankees would take it. Obviously, we're waiting to see what the health is of Aaron Judge. Which, by the way, they completely lied about the extent of his injury to us, they, they to the have public.
1: Been. Because he's in the face of a franchise and hasn't been healthy a full season.
0: Correct. And Giancarlo Stanton hasn't been healthy since he came over, and and they just have a lot of injuries. I believe Severino is down with Tommy John surgery this year, but they still have Tanaka, still have James Paxton. They did sign Garrett Cole, so. Jelon, what are your expectations for the Yankees this season? Because in, in my eyes, it should be a pretty clear run to the World Series.
1: Well, the Yankees are, I hate to admit this, they are a deep team. They might be the deepest team in baseball besides the Dodgers because we had just gotten into that conversation. But the Yankees are a team that they won't be shy about the money they're spending. They won't be shy about the guys they've acquired and they won't be shy about marketing their guys. I think the Yankees up front, if what there potentially could be solidifies themselves, like with their potential players, Solidify themselves as actual guys, then they can make a World Series runs for multiple years Do a Yankees dynasty continue type of deal. But if it's all clout, we're going to see right through that. The judge articles, judge being the face of a franchise, the guy hasn't been healthy. I know he's a beast. But if he's a beast at 40 games, like, how good is that for a franchise guy? Out of 162, not this year. It,
0: do, it does scare me, but it again raises the question. Can he just stay healthy for 60 games plus a postseason? It's a lot less games on his body. But again, on paper, this team has everything to go and win the World Series. They have Rolvis Chapman in the back of that bullpen. A lot of of guys back there. I mentioned their starting rotation and their lineup. It, It just doesn't, it wouldn't make sense to me if they didn't win
1: the AL. Now, as deep and as young as the Yankees are, do you think a guy like Stanton has hit his peak already and he's on the downside? I mean he could be Injury concerns are big
0: But let's look at What peak Stanton was Which which was 59 home runs And an NL MVP That's facts So again You know We mentioned a guy like Cespedes If we can get 50% of him Well if you can get 50% Of what Giancarlo used to be That's better than 80% of the league Right And he stays healthy It's better than 80% So uh, You know He might be on the down slope But I would I would I would like to say They need to get About 50% of him
1: So Do you think the Yankees What other team do you think Could compete with the Yankees up there, at the AL.
0: Yeah, you know, it, it's it's really tough. It, it's a difficult question, and it and I could hear the booze screaming through the listeners uh, right now. The Astros are one of them.
1: Boo! Correct.
0: So, and I think, I think potentially,
1: how do you do that? You sell
0: out. Potentially, the Los Angeles Angels. I think they're finally a team that has some talent, and 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 again, but we don't know. the The AO is just so wide open. It's it's just everybody's coming from every different way. And we don't know how the ball's going to bounce. We don't know who's going to get hurt. What pitcher's going to go down with... Because t- a big-name pitcher is going to go down with Tommy John. Bo- book that right now. And who's it going to be? What team are they on? How does that affect their chances at a World Series run?
1: Also, another point we might add, guys might not want to play at all. They might say, hell, this season, why do I got to risk my life?
0: They they are well within their right to do that. Of course. And, and I, would, I would support them 100% if they decided to do that. But that is a real possibility. Now... I, I from talking to a friend of mine, I know that they have some really good players down there in, in the minor leagues. So, like those guys are not, they're not chump change by any amount. But you you would want your big leaguers there, but they are well within their right. People are to, ready if they're not standing up. I know what you mean. Correct. So I think I think right now on paper, because again, that's all we can judge. We didn't get spring training. We don't have you know, we don't have these lengthy previews because coronavirus decided to take over. So. If I'm just looking at paper, it's the Yanks, the Astros, and probably the Angels falling in at three.
1: So, out of your Goss's five pool of World Series bubble, you have the Mets, the Dodgers. We could agree on the Dodgers, right? Correct. The Yankees, the Astros, and the Angels. Who has the best chance out of those five teams to win the World Series? Way too early prediction.
0: It's it's the Yankees to me. And again, wow, I wow, another sellout me,
1: move here, it folks.
0: Kills me to say that it really does. But the talent on this team. And again, that's all we can look at. We don't have spring training. Guys could start testing positive when they go back to spring training, and it might get cut even more short. We have no idea what we're getting. So right now, I need to take on-paper talent. And out of those five teams, I think it's going to be Yanks-Dodgers in the World Series. A, a classic, by the way, historic rivalry. Give me, you know, the, I think the Yanks can make the run in the AL. The Dodgers make it in the NL.
1: This is typical Goss fashion here. He's betting on industry, betting on stability, betting on foundation. Betting on what he sees on paper, he would go with the Dodgers. The best lineup we've seen on paper ever, which I could agree the Yankees are might be second best this year. They're a deep lineup. But there's no way the Dodgers are going to lose this. It's their title to lose, especially in a short season. With that depth and those stars, it's LA's year, no doubt.
0: Well, we'll, we'll have to see, and hopefully if they get to the World Series, whichever team is there isn't using sign stealers anymore. But... Uh, uh, Just real quickly, and I I do want to move on here because I want to get off of talking industry and we'll talk player in a little bit, but the Astros, I want to make this point really quickly. I think this layoff helps them
1: tremendously. Oh, from a PR standpoint? 100%. And,
0: not only from a PR standpoint, and there's no fans. So all the heckling that was supposed to happen is just going to have to stay on Twitter. Check out the Astros Shame Tour Twitter. It is hilarious, by the way. Check it out! But... (laughs) With no fans in the stands, you're not going to hear as much heckling. The only thing you'll hear is maybe the other team from the other from the other dugout. It's going to be really fascinating, and I think it helps them in the slightest. So I, I think it's a team that, you know, is it, not being slept on because there's a lot bigger things than baseball that they're being talked about right now. But it, it it this layoff and no fans benefits them the most out of any team
1: in Major League Baseball. I think this is my time to say I hate Rob Manfred.
0: Yeah, well, you you are not the only one. And now we're going to get to another, quote-unquote, villain some see. And that's going to be the NFL with Jamal Adams. Jamal oh, Adams, contract situation, arguably the best safety in the league. He's a top two or three safety in the league. He wants to get paid. He's got two years left on his rookie deal. And, and you know, uh, Joel, whose side are you on?
1: So, not even whose side am I on. To finish that Jamal Adams thing, he wants to get traded specifically To eight teams. It's the Cowboys, the Ravens, the Texans, the Chiefs, the Eagles, 49ers, Seahawks, and the Buccaneers. All have in common? The top eight teams predicted
0: to go to the Super Bowl this year. So that seems about right, John. And that's that should tell you all you need to know if you're a Jeff fan. It should tell you everything you need to know about what Jamal Adams' state of mind is. It's not necessarily pay. I think what he's saying is is if I'm gonna stay in New York. You need to pay me astronomically higher to be here. Otherwise, I want to go somewhere else. And I'm curious, if he's at one of those eight teams, would he take a pay cut for a long-term deal to stay on a winner?
1: Well, he's out in open, said he wouldn't ask for an extension right away, so that tells you where his head's at. Correct,
0: which, to me, can mess up his value a little bit because you'd only be getting a two- or three-year rental. And and, and if you want to give up that value... Now, again, if you're a team like the Cowboys, I would 100% do it. If you're in win-now mode... You might want to do it.
1: So let me ask you something before I start in to rip Jamal Adams because he's gonna get it. Which team out of those eight do you think he will sign to if if things go his way? Yeah, if he if he gets traded there, you know, you have to think Dallas. Yeah, this is tough, but to but Dallas niners. they
0: can't sign him. Dallas cannot sign him.
1: A two-year rental is good enough for two Super Bowls with Jamal. Correct. That's legacy standing for him, what he wants. A chip for Jerry, what he wants. Dak would get his money. Zeke has his money. Correct. That team's on the cusp. But if we're looking at teams that could sign him...
0: Two-year rental, I agree with you. Dallas is the perfect landing spot. I would bet Dallas
1: two years in a row on the diehard Giants. Yes,
0: and they they are in win-now mode. I think San Francisco makes a lot of sense. A lot. Too much. I think too much sense... And, it, again, the rich just keep getting richer. California seems to be getting all the talent out there, you know, with the Dodgers and now, you know, the 49ers. they got a guy like Jimmy G who has already been paid, okay? So, you know, they're starting to pay some of these guys. I think Kittle's a couple years away from getting paid. So you have a chance here, I think, to and, – and John Lynch, by the way, I, I harped on him and I was hard on him when he first got uh, named general manager of that team, and he's done a terrific job.
1: So I just want to point out that um – um. Out of, the team, out of the eight teams that Jamal Adams had listed, only three of them are AFC teams. And what do those three AFC teams have in common between the Ravens, Texas, and Chiefs? Their quarterbacks are young and stars. So I think Jamal Adams is telling the league that unless he's with those guys, there's no way he's going to beat them in the AFC.
0: Correct, and what Jamal understands is that's where the value of the safety position is, is on a team that you already have a quarterback on. Now, it to me, what Jamal Adams is, and being a great Safety is is like being a point guard in basketball right now. You, you Listen, it's the guys that are going to score, that are going to win you the game. Your
1: Kyries, your Russ Westbrook.
0: Correct. It is going to be the guys that score. Seth Curry so when healthy. Guys like LeBron, guys like KD, all those guys, the guys who score, now you have the point guard. You're there to assist, right? You, you're usually dishing it out. You're doing some of the dirty work, which is exactly what a safety is doing, and it's elevating you to a different level. Level and then so that safety scores correct. It's a bonus. Bonus. It, it really is a bonus. How many point guards in this league? You know, I, again, there's, pass and shoot.
1: Correct. All of them now.
0: Correct, but they're majority not scores. There's yes. a few that are scores in particular, but for uh, an average point guard, you are generally there to assist and. And, and any basket you get is a bonus. But
1: what's that tell you at a pro level? That people are willing to adapt their game to be better than you at certain levels. Jamal Correct. recognizes this. He sees the talent throughout the NFL. Right. He knows by himself there's not a chance he can get through great organizations with foundations and great young quarterbacks. Correct. He's and, literally laying it out for you.
0: And what? And, and the the one person associated with Patrick Mahomes last when you talk about the Chiefs making their run to the Super Bowl, not only do you talk about... Patrick Mahomes in the offense, right? That's that's usually the phrasing that's well, Andy there. Andy
1: Reid's play design is ridiculous. He's Correct. the best play designer besides Kyle Shanahan in the NFL. Correct.
0: But when you talk about the two sides of the ball, you say Patrick Mahomes and you say the you say Patrick Mahomes in the offense, Tyron Matthew and the defense. Oh yeah, anchor? Correct. So Jamal is looking at it as, as if I can go to a quarterback who's my LeBron James, I can go be the Kyrie and play defense and, and help win this uh, win them a championship, which in turn, would help myself think, because I'd finally win.
1: Do you think though, someone with Jamal's ego would want to be a second star if he goes to the Ravens, a Lamar and Jamal? Well, it will never be just be Jamal there.
0: But that's the thing is, where is where is the ego coming from? Is it is it just because he wants a new contract? Like
1: you would think so. It's money,
0: right? But you know, here's the thing. Jamal's got a point, right? Because in, in the league, this is how the market works. You build you build yourself up. You become a top five, top three player at your position. And you get paid.
1: You should get paid. The Jets are stupid for correct.
0: that. Correct. So why is now different? And and Jamal was right when he tweeted out, stop making coronavirus the main reason why you're not paying. Because
1: guys got paid.
0: Correct. Now, is he slightly tone deaf because he's doing it in the middle of a pandemic?
1: Yeah, a Probably. Yeah. Absolutely. But... These guys live in a different astronomical world than us, though. Correct. They're not living like normal people.
0: Correct. He is not wrong in saying that he should get paid.
1: Yeah. But where he is wrong is yes, he's been the top safety at his position besides Derwin James because you can line him up in a bit more spots. Personally, it's arguable. Anyone could argue that he's better. But when you're on the Jets and you only win 16 games out of the 48 you've played and you have no playoff appearances to show for it, you're 16-32 with Jamal. It's not like he's them winning them ball games and he's their reason. If I'm the Jets, I let him walk. Get picks. Rebuild again. Because they did it wrong the first time paying Le'Veon. I'm sorry, I love Le'Veon Bell, but... I don't think the Giants should even pay Saquon Barkley when that time comes, because unless we're at that point. But teams that value good running backs before a decent O-line are going to suffer for a lot of years. I think you cut your losses of star talent now, and you start rebuilding. Right.
0: And this goes back to my point guard statement, though. He is not there. Like LeBron is the guy that's going to win you the games. What is his support? His supporting cast? So your, your quarterback has got to win you games. And, and again, I know it's not a direct easy this the exact same comparison but that's the idea is is jamal Jam, the, the the jets are the jets listen they're up there with the mets the browns all these
1: the horrible Knicks, yes, the, the bottom tier of all of those the
0: horrible franchises in sports they are right up there with
1: so let me ask you something do you think maybe jamal adams is way smarter than all of us and now i'm just speculating but maybe jamal sees that two years left on his contract wants to win now but realizes in two years that collecting bargaining agreement's going to be up and he, the market's going to be higher so maybe he'll get paid more in two years on a good team.
0: Yeah it'll be interesting because the new CBA I, I forget I believe it kicks in after next season or after this coming season excuse me so it's gonna be really fascinating the one thing he can't do is hold out because the new CBA makes that extremely difficult on players to do but absolutely this is when was the last time we talked about rentals we talk about it in the NBA all the time. Why? Why? You, you won got, a championship Right You got him for a year rental You got him for six months at The, the trade whole deadline.
1: country of Canada Knew that they had Kawhi For 11 months And they won a title Correct So And now he know, has statues it, Is he smart?
0: Statues. Yes Do I think Joe Douglas is smart? Yes Because I think He's just going to say Listen Just because you say You want to be traded To those teams You don't have a no trade clause 100%. You don't get to pick You know Where you want to go So now it's all about Getting value
1: So when you talk Joe Douglas Let's go to Adam Gase now Because the Jets Adam Gase's relationship with Jamal apparently hasn't been good, now he has to come out publicly and say he wants him on the team because he's already halfway out the door. What do you think? Is Adam Gase... I have to defend Adam Gase a little bit before you get into your defense of him or not because he's been given garbage organizations with garbage rosters that he hasn't done much with. He went to the Dolphins and he was just floating above 500 before that as a career coach and then went way under when he went to the Jets. So like, is it fair for the criticism he gets because he's decent with a good roster?
0: So, the interesting comparison I would make to him is is Chip Kelly. And you could clearly tell him into comparisons today. Not that he had the success that Chip Kelly had, but the idea of when Chip Kelly, when the wheels started to fall off that ship, he started to get everybody out of town.
1: Chip Kelly, by all measures, is a failure in the NFL. Correct.
0: He traded LaShawn McCoy. He traded some of his other bigger players.
1: Adam Gaze, Adam
0: Gaze was doing that in Miami. He got rid of Ryan Tannehill, and what does he do? He becomes comeback player of the year last
1: year. That's for their future as a good coach. Correct. He gets
0: away He gets away from Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake goes out to Arizona. Uh, uh, where did he go? Arizona. Yeah, Arizona. And he's, he's on a really good football team now. So Adam Gaze has this history of getting rid of good players... Which he might do to Le'Veon Bell. Listen, I don't think Le'Veon should be paid that high. Do I think he's a scrub? No, no he
1: should be, but on a good team, like an established team, Correct. like the Colts or someone. Like Chris Ballard could take him in.
0: Correct. Chris Ballard's, you know, that's that's unfortunate because that's, that, that's t- you know that, we're talking top of the line. Yeah, at that yeah, point. of course, but, the best line of football. You know, the Jets get a the Jets need to get more pressure because you hired a guy that was the coach within the division. You you should never do that. And I,
1: there was it, options. There was options. Correct. Lincoln Riley was saying he would go to New York. There was options.
0: There was there was definitely options and they just didn't they didn't find the one that worked the
1: best. Do you think it was a petty move for them to just go for Gase, the guy across town? I
0: think it was easy. I think it was simple for well, them. Not I, thought, town, I think across the town. Yeah. I th- I think it was simple. I think it was easy for them. So, I think that's why they
1: went there. Which is not the kind of schematic you want to follow in the NFL. Like, you see check system, they don't have a peep from their players until they leave. Yep. You could see Tom Brady's having more fun in Tampa Bay with the, his videos and stuff.
0: Right, and now we're going to see if the wins follow, which yeah. is, is going to be fascinating. But, uh,
1: they, you know,
0: they got to win in the regular season.
1: Go ahead. So let me just ask you, we're talking a lot of AFC East today, Pats. Stidham is he their guy? Why aren't they signing Cam Newton? Does Belichick get that team to five hundred with that defense?
0: So here's the thing: Bill Belichick doesn't do anything that's not calculated. Oh, let's, let's let's be 100 percent honest about that. You could say, uh, in
1: well, the end, trading Jimmy G was the worst move he's done because Tom Brady was in. And his he ears. was
0: almost forced to do that by Robert Kraft. So that's that's a whole different discussion. Robert but, Kraft
1: built that organization. Correct.
0: Bill Belichick, I I trust that man. Listen, it's not just because he's a Wesleyan grad, which is you know shout out Wesleyan. Is he? He is a Am I sitting
1: fan. across from the next Bill Belichick, folks? <laughs> you don't know here. Uh,
0: I don't know. I don't really wear hoodies or you know hoodies with the sleeves cut off. Not just yet. Maybe you start maybe,
1: that, bro. That's a trend. Maybe
0: it'll be my style. But so Bill Belichick has calculated that Jared Stidham is going to be his guy. He had the free agency. He had the draft. He has now to sign a quarterback, and he's not doing it, which tells me he believes in Stidham. For
1: again, reasons, reasons unbeknownst to us. You know who I believe in? The former MVP Cam Newton. What? What's that? What? Right. You know, I I'm, I, I, think that while
0: well, Bill... You think it,
1: Stidham's better than Cam is what you're telling me?
0: No, but what I will tell you is, is Bill doesn't want the media attention. And
1: Cam's that all about that. comes with Cam Newton. All about that. It, right. It comes with just scene. Cam
0: Newton's dress. Like, you know, Bill's going to tell him to go but change that's before he
1: The knock to Cam's game should be his injury play. It shouldn't Correct. be how he dresses and the media attention he brings. Correct. But certain
0: teams can handle that. A guy like Pete Carroll can handle a guy dressing funky. I'll be honest. Okay? There's a lot of coaches that can handle it, and do I think Bill can handle it? Yes, but does he want to? No, you,
1: and and that's why he's not going to sign. Do you want to know why I want Cam Newton to go somewhere now? So Ron Rivera doesn't realize Dwayne Haskins is garbage and picks him up week three. <laughs> that's why I don't want. Cam yeah, that's why I want. Cam that's going to be a forward. tricky
0: situation, but clearly Belichick,
1: the quarterback class next year is ridiculous. If Cam sucks and Ron Rivera links up with him, they get the best quarterback, and if he's good, they have him for another five to eight years. Yeah, I Healthy. mean
0: no. I mean the whole thing with Dwayne Haskins is going to be really, really That's tricky. That's the wrong guy. He's it's going to be tricky for them. League. You know, the problem is is the situation that you go into dictates your NFL career often. Pat okay? Mahomes, perfect situation. He went into a horrific situation in Washington. So, oh, Dwayne Haskins
1: went into correct, it. Yeah.
0: correct, and you know, Patty Mahomes is in a great system. So, it, it and I'm not saying he's not great because it, but it helps. It helps. It certainly does help. So, back to our original point, Belichick. Believes in Stidham for reasons unbeknownst to us, and I got to tell you, I think they get to eight and eight or nine and seven. I really do. Because defense,
1: they anchor seven wins because
0: they have Bill Belichick, and that's the only explanation I've ever given anybody, and that's the only reason I will
1: continue to to reason why they'll get to eight or nine wins. Side could be our last conversation NFL wise, but the reason I love Joe Judge is because what Bill Belichick does the best more than anybody in coaching history is he compartmentalizes better than anyone. He knows which organization or which coaches go to which players best. He knows how to use players' abilities and take them out to his offense. And he also keeps everything private. So when I see Joe Judge, I see a man who's composed, who doesn't have an ego boost to call the offense, who hires Jason Garrett, someone who calls the offense, and couldn't be a head coach, Jason Garrett, no time management. And he gets guys around him for defensive coordinator and other special positions, like an overseer. Yeah, and, and he with gets, Bill Belichick and Nick Saban defensive knowledge, this could help the Giants set up for future long term coach.
0: And, and Bill gets the most out of every player. I guarantee you, look up and down the roster the past twenty years. I'm sure there's guys you can look at and go, Why is this dude in the NFL? Why is he playing? Elements a it was Super Super Bowl? quarterback drafted. Correct. And and that's that's just what Bill does the best. Now, what Bill loves is to get tape on guys and what he won't most likely Legal won't be able or li-
1: to- illegally. <laughs> Le- no. he
0: does like to do it legally I'll, t- I'll tell you that much I know that for a fact but what he might not be able to do is get some preseason tape on some guys because there has been rumors and especially with the coronavirus and seeing where everything is going the NFL is and rightfully so looking to cut would would look to cut the preseason as opposed to cutting the regular season and John, all I have to say That's is thank, thank god I've been clamoring for the preseason to be shortened for
1: years. It's funny, guys. We were in prep and Goss had mentioned the preseason to me and I legitimately rolled my eyes and said no before he said is getting canceled. Yes. Yeah, that so, happened.
0: And again, that makes sense. That would be the thing to go, you know, before anything else. No so,
1: one likes preseason. The injuries are too, ris- are too high of a risk. Correct. No one gets money, the substantial paychecks they would, and the, the, September 6th as opposed to August 29th like correct
0: the the only thing I like about the preseason is I can actually afford to be there yeah <laughs> <laughs> no please that, don't need them that is the only thing but so that's the NFL we're going to talk basketball and we talked about it a lot the past couple episodes so I just want to touch on it before we run out of time Jolan, Zion and the Pelicans have the easiest schedule by far in I'll the NBA I keep saying
1: you called this. Adam Silver wants Zion and his young stars in the playoffs. By or far. In that last eight and game I, stretch. And
0: I think it's setting up for Zion Ja in that play in tournament between the eight and nine. And I think that could determine Rookie of the Year. You know, again, you're already
1: giving Zion that good of a chance. We talked about this a little bit, but you like his eight game stretch chance for winning rookie of the year. I
0: really do because of recency bias. Recency bias is a huge thing when it comes to voters, when it comes to people in general. That's
1: like Clemson; everyone thinks is the best organization in college football, but it's been the past five years. Correct,
0: correct. So, uh, we, you know, I think he can make a run at rookie of the year. I'm expecting them to overtake Memphis to get that eight seed. And Jolan, I want to get your thoughts here. How do the top teams treat these games? Because You have a team like the Lakers. Seven of their eight games are going to be on national television. They have one of the toughest schedules remaining in the league. Are they a team that's looking to get more wins, looking to just lock up the one seed? Or are they just trying to get a rhythm as a team and not really care about wins
1: and losses? Well, I'll start with the Lakers and then go to the league as a whole to stay on topic. But the Lakers, if you don't think LeBron's a calculated guy that sees these eight games and his position and his standings because of the one seed right now, and doesn't he'll think to himself, hey, how do I avoid the Clippers at all costs? Because that's their biggest threat. He'll throw some games and sit out some games to be healthy for playoffs. Make no mistake about it, yeah, he'll play five, six games to get back in game shape. But if he wants to sit one or two to drop maybe a game or two... I wouldn't put it past him at all. And Absolutely. I think a lot of teams that are in that position to do that are going to do that. I think a team like the Bucks won't do that. Mm-hmm. I think Giannis's pride for the game is way too high. I don't think he's as calculated yet as LeBron in year 17. Yeah, But I think teams that are more vetted, that understand playoff brackets and their seating and their position of where they are, home court and that such, are going to play this better out than young teams that don't know what they're doing or fighting for a spot and have to give everything throughout those eight games.
0: Right, and I think I, I like the point you just brought up, and, and a team that could really exemplify that is the Miami Heat. They have the toughest schedule in the league when the league returns. However, they are sitting two games back of Boston, or two and a half games back of Boston for the three seed, and they are sitting two and a half games above Indiana for the, f- for the five seed. So that's a team where, to me, I think Boston's going to get hot. So if you're Miami, I don't think you're necessarily trying to catch Boston. You're just trying to stay ahead of Indiana. So, and it's these chess games. I think the Lakers, though, to be honest, I, I really do think he might play seven of the eight.
1: Well, he has to get in game shape. That's why I said Correct. five of six of eight. Correct. Uh, something like that.
0: Because, and again, it's rhythm. Because they're losing Avery Bradley because he has opted out of the bubble. And they might have to get Jr. into the mix or whoever they sign because they have to sign somebody yep. in his place. So they're going to need a rhythm as a whole. And I think it's really interesting. its just last thing on the NBA, their first round of tests were administered for the coronavirus. They had 302 tests. 16 came back positive. Is that, right under 5%? That's about 5%. Yeah. And I and Adam Silver said it the best. Th- these are things we're going to have to change. Now, uh, uh, these are things we're going to have to deal with. Now, I want to understand what his percentage is. Is it a number that tests positive? Is it a player who te- Does LeBron James getting the coronavirus shut down the league as opposed to three or four... Uh, 15th man on the
1: roster Well guys. the good news is About the coronavirus If you're in relatively Good shape and you're healthy That it's only like A flu syndrome If you're in, if you're in bad shape And you're older Then it's going to Affect you life wise But if you're in the Shape these guys are in Even LeBron is Being in his 30s He's still in tip top shape For a professional human Like you know what I'm saying Correct So these guys If they get it It should be like A two to three week Flu symptoms and recovery But it can sit people Out for the season And they can have to Sit in the bubble with it And stay away from everybody mm-hmm. So I, I wouldn't put it Past anybody But at the same time I do think guys can get it and return to play if they test negative. I think they can get over this quickly, and it's not as big of a deal for professional athletes as it is for your every day average joe.
0: Correct, and then I think the concern is more for the older head coaches exactly. that are going to be down in the bubble, the worker, the Disney workers that'll be well, there, got to the be smaller that too should the
1: coaches be in a booth. There's no fans.
0: It's you know, it's that's really fascinating and I don't, I think they'll be on the court. I think the coaches they might sign a waiver to yeah. be completely
1: honest. Hey, some of those guys have hearts of champions. I
0: mean Pop, Pop is over 70 years old I Pop believe. Said he or, lives a healthy life. He's just about risk. 70. Yeah. So, you know, he's going to run the risk. It's going to be risky. Fans, what I want you to understand is all of this is risky, and this could be—you know—these uh, are coming back at the end of July. The NFL is obviously September. This all could vanish by mid-July. So just under—just understand this is a huge risk. But this is health and economics coming together, and understanding that this is a major risk. But economically speaking, this is going to put us, this is going to put sports in their Great Depression. So. They're coming together. They're trying to find ways. Stick with it. Don't panic at every positive test, especially if it's an athlete Now, maybe if it's an older coach. Think about it, but just understand what all these plans do is come back
1: with a lot of risk. So we we always speculate on this show because it's fun to speculate sports when they're coming back, but we have to realize and be real about two things. One, there's a good chance that these leagues do get shut down halfway and we have to be honest about that and open. And two, you cannot scrutinize players or hate players for wanting to sit out. That's their opinion. That's their choice. It's their life and their health.
0: Absolutely. We mentioned Avery Bradley. He's sitting out because his six-year-old son has respiratory of course. issues. And he's doing the absolute right thing. He won't see his son for three months at, at bare minimum. So, you know, we respect guys that are going to do that. Would, would I be disappointed in a guy that, you know... You have the right to be disappointed, but you also have you also can understand why they're doing. We're in
1: it. unprecedented times. No one's gonna understand what to do. We've never been correct.
0: Here. Both things can be true, ladies and gentlemen. So understand that. We appreciate you sticking around. We know this was a little bit longer episode than we're than we're used to, but there was just so much everybody coming back, all these things to talk about. That's gonna be it for episode six, Joel. On where can the people at home find us? Because I know I want to hear from everybody. Whether they hate me, like me, hate us, hate. Everything we talk about, where can they find us?
1: Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at podcast air it out or Instagram at airitout.podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, or compliments, you can reach us at those. Take us home, Goose. Yeah, thank you for
0: listening again. Thanks for listening to a little bit of a longer episode. We appreciate you guys. We want to hear your feedback. And we'll be back for episode seven, hopefully with more good news, even better news than we got this episode around. So, Jalan, thanks for joining me. And until next time,
1: Daniel Jones, over 35 touchdowns, book it. Close Look it at out. That. We'll talk about that in the next episode.
0: <laughs> so long, everybody. We'll see you next time.